0: Hello and welcome to Z Formula E podcast, a podcast dedicated to Formula E. My name is Fumira Ruth and I host this podcast channel. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're doing well. I hope life is going as well as you'd like it to and that you're enjoying the new year. Happy New Year. I'm a little late in saying that, but Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. If the year is not going as well as you'd like it to, I always say take you to the Lord Jehovah in prayer and hopefully some Formula E will cheer you up. Welcome to the Formula E podcast once again. It's always exciting doing this. I love doing this because I love motorsports. By the way, my name is Humura Ruth. I am the host of this podcast channel. I am also the host of ZF1 Amateur Podcast. So ZF1 Amateur Podcast is about Formula One. Z Formula E Podcast, which you're listening to right now, is about Formula E. So I do appreciate um, racing cars and adrenaline and speed and all that. So anyway, enough with all that talk. Welcome to 2023. Welcome to the season nine of the Formula E World Championship that is exciting it's also exciting for me because I've been doing this t- now for three years this is my third year I'm doing this so I'm pretty pumped I'm pretty excited there's a lot of changes that are happening in Formula E that are going to take place th- during the season and there's also a lot of changes that are going to take place on this podcast so I can't wait to get into that but anyway this episode is an introductory episode to the ninth season of the ABB FIA Formula E World Championship. So if you want to understand what Formula E is all about, what to expect this season, you most definitely should listen to this podcast channel and also to this podcast episode in particular. Now, if you're new here, thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe to the channel. It greatly helps and share with another motorsports lover. And if you've been here from day one, I really, really appreciate you. Now, let's take a short break. And when we return, we'll dive into everything you need to know about Formula E and this new season that we have begun. Sorry for interrupting the show. Thank you so much, first of all, for listening to the Formula E podcast. And if by any chance you're also interested in Formula One, don't forget to check out my Formula One podcast called ZF1 Amateur Podcast. Again, ZF1 Amateur Podcast. Just look for it on your favorite podcast player or search for it in your favorite search engine. You can also look for my other podcast called Z Humara Show, which is all about living and growing up in Uganda. Again, it's called Z Humara Show. All right, let's go back to Formula E. (music) Welcome back from that very short break. Now, on to season nine of the ABB FIA Formula E World Championship. Now, I will constantly refer to it as just Formula E or the Formula E World Championship because the official name is a mouthful. So this year, 2023, there's a lot of new things that we are seeing. The formats are changing. We're seeing some new teams on the grid. We're seeing some new drivers on the grid, new cities, you know, a new race car, by the way, the new car is beautiful. And it has been described, and I quote, as the fastest, lightest, most powerful and efficient electric race car ever built. Wow, that is in it that's incredible and i think formula E is really really striving hard in the area of you know producing a very sustainable car and all about raising awareness for sustainable mobility now if you're new to formula e i'll just give you a brief overview of what it is all about so formula e is a single seater motorsport championship that is essentially only for electric cars so I know sometimes some Formula E fans hate it when I give make the comparison with Formula 1, but sometimes it just makes it easier for people to understand. Now, it's a single-seater motorsport series like Formula 1. If you know Formula 1, then you definitely will get an idea of what Formula E is like, but not what it is all about, because Formula E focuses a lot on electric cars. It focuses a lot on reducing carbon dioxide emissions and, you know... And introducing electric systems in the automobile industry, it's it really heavily focuses on that. I always like to say, think of Formula E as um as a sports series where some of the best car manufacturers in the world, you're talking of Maserati, you have McLaren, Jaguar, they all come together and try to make the fastest electric cars that they could possibly make while racing them around in. Amazing cities in the world, so it's it's like that. It's a, it's a it's a sport of wealth. It's a sport of it's a sport of the future, as people would say, because the future is electric, and um, yeah, it's a sport for people who love adrenaline. So that's essentially what Formula E would be described as. Now, the very first race we had as a championship was in 2014. So it's not so old compared to other motor racing series, you know, where they say, oh, no, the first race was in 1950. <laughs> all that kind of thing. No, this one is relatively young. So the first race we had was in Beijing. That was in 2014. It was in September. And ever since then, we've been racing, we've been racing, we've been racing. It's only recently that Formula E actually became a NFIA world championship so for a while it was just a racing series but without the whole world championship attached to it and in fact I believe Nick DeVries was the first Formula E world champion that we had when he won the title um the other year now so I've talked about what essentially it is it's all about you know raising awareness about climate change promoting sustainable mobility introducing electric cars and making them exciting to watch and you know Making people understand that you know the future is electric. You need to get the electric cars in your garage, in your home, in your town, in your city. So, but there's a lot of logistics behind that. The um some places may not be able to adapt to that as fast as you know other places would. But yeah, there's a lot to that, and I think I'll do an, a separate episode on that. Sometimes I think of it as um I think of myself um as someone who's doing something very. It feels ironic, paradoxical, some something along those lines. Because when it comes to being electrified as a nation, my country, it we are lagging behind. I am um I am from Uganda. That's in Eastern Africa, so we are lagging behind, of course, compared to like the European standards. The, you know Tesla in the United States, but it's always interesting to know what's happening out there and following it. And anyway, I fell in love with the sport because I love motorsports. And, um, I actually, how I came to fall in love with Formula E was really, um, unexpected. I remember, I think it was during the pandemic. And for some reason, the only channel that was working on our, on my TV at the time was the Motorsports channel. That was the only channel working and they were running a marathon on Formula E and there was this documentary which featured Lucas Degrassi at the time and, uh. I just watched it, and then when I got to understand what the sport is all about, then I appreciated it even more. Then I found myself watching all the six races that happened in, in Berlin. I don't know which year it was when we had six races back to back in Berlin, and I watched all of them. Then I was like, okay, this is actually fun. So I started following Formula. E. It started like that. I didn't start following. I didn't start following it from like two thousand fourteen. I'm, sort of new in the game, but I do really appreciate what it stands for, and I do enjoy it as well. Now here's how the things formula e works interestingly everything happens in a day that's also something that I appreciate usually with other more tour racing series you have things happening over the course of two days three days it's just like a whole weekend with formula E sorry about that so with formula e everything happens in a day so you have the two practice sessions the qualifying and the race itself happening in the same day which is it at first it felt impossible but it's actually very very doable and the thing I believe why that happens is that they are trying to minimize on the resources spent during a race weekend or a race day in their way of doing things that's what I understood from it so instead of having activities going on for like three days you have activities happening in one day so then you'll use less resources i believe that's the theory behind it but so essentially you have 11 teams in formula e at least so far for the past two three four seasons you have 11 teams each team with two drivers so those are 22 drivers and they're racing in electric powered cars so this year's car is a gen 3 race car it's different it's more powerful more beautiful i think and uh, yeah so they're racing in the gen 3 car and they go racing in cities usually because it's all about raising you know awareness for sustainable mobility and also you can easily carry out a formula e race in the city compared to like a formula one race because of um the less emissions that you have with a formula e car I'm not really sure about the noise but i know the emissions part is really really low so it's okay to have a city so usually the city tracks or city circuits are about 1.9 kilometers to 3.4 kilometers they're not that long so that's about 1.2 miles to 2.1 miles in terms of length so race day happens you have two practice sessions in the morning now last season the first practice session would last for 45 minutes and then the second one for 30 minutes this time around in season nine the first practice session lasts for 30 minutes same thing happens for the second practice session that lasts for 30 minutes and during the practice sessions drivers are allowed to use only 250 kilowatts of power in practice sessions now bear in mind the car could go up to 300 kilowatts of power or 350 kilowatts of power i believe it can be that efficient and that fast now later on in the day you also have qualifying that happens for one hour now since season eight season eight was last year there was a new qualifying format that was introduced to Formula E, and I remember laboring to explain it in literally every episode last year. I explained how the new Formula E qualifying format works, but I'll just go through it again quickly. So this time around, you have 22 drivers. They are split into two groups based on their standings and the championship at that particular moment. So you have group A with 11 drivers. Group B with 11 drivers. You with me? So it's best in their championship standings. And this is the way it's done. Those who occupy odd numbered places in the championship standings. Move into group A. While those who occupied even numbered places in the champion sh- championship standings. Move into group B. So they just do it like that. Now... Each group, like a normal quarter of a qualifying session in a motor racing series, each group will have a session on the track to try and set the fastest lap time that they could possibly set. But this time around, the fastest lap time, the fastest lap, sorry, should be set within a 10 minute session. So the session's really short. 10 minute session, you try to set the fastest lap as a driver and uh, at 220 kilowatts when it comes to speed and battery and everything so that's how the sessions work now at the end of the session the top four fastest drivers of each group so the top four fastest drivers of group a the top four fastest drivers of group b advance to the next stage which is called the dual stage so in the dual stage you have eight drivers now these eight drivers are paired with each other so you have a driver from group a paired with a driver from group b where they go head to head this time they go head to head at 250 kilowatts of power in the quarterfinals so they go head to head and you know so the fastest of the two of the pair moves on i al- I always explain this in depth by the way when we do have a racing um podcast episode so that it doesn't get confusing but yes yeah, so because in the deals you have eight drivers then the eight drivers are paired you know One from group A, one from group B. One from group A, one from group B. So in that pair, the fastest of the two moves on to the quarterfinals. So the same thing happens in the quarterfinals. Then they move to the semifinals. Then they move to the finals where you have two drivers. Now in the finals, the fastest of the pair, the two drivers, is the one who takes up position one. That is super pole pole position. And then the loser of that final will occupy the second place. Then the loser of the semifinal... Uh, the losers of the semi-final, sorry, will occupy positions three and four. And then the losers of the quarter-final occupy the fifth positions through to the eighth position in order of the lap times that they set in the sessions. I hope it makes sense. The issues I can't get feedback like, does it make sense? But yeah, I hope it really, really makes sense. Then the rest of the drivers from the group stages, they're organized as well. Uh, Depending on their lap times and also odd numbers and even numbers do really play a big part there. So that's just how Formula E works when it comes to race days. That's how the format is. When it also comes to point scoring, it's... The same thing that happens in different motor racing series. So they use the standard, we use the standard FIA system for point scoring. So naturally, the top 10 drivers are given points. With the first driver scoring 25 points in a race. The second driver, 18 points. Third driver, 15 points. Fourth driver, 12 points. Fifth driver, 10 points. Sixth driver, 8 points. Seventh driver, 6 points. Eighth driver, 4 points. Ninth driver, 2 points. And the last driver gets one point then the driver who secures pole position is also awarded three points and also the driver who sets the fastest lap in the race and finishes within the top 10 in the race like other motor racing series usually they receive the one point in formula e now last season we had something called fan boost which unfortunately will not be in season nine now fun made formula e i think i believe the only motor racing series where fans could directly influence the outcome of race results by their participation so what happened is what used to happen was that fans could vote for their favorite drivers via the uh, formula e official website or the formula e app and their votes would be tallied so the f- top five drivers with the uh, with the most votes, are given fan boost, and fan boost is essentially extra power that drivers can activate in a race by pushing the overtake button. So they're told, you know what, the fan boost window is open. So the top five drivers who have accumulated the most votes in fan boost would activate that extra power during a race. So the voting for fan boosting your favorite driver would start three days before the race and then it will close 15 minutes into the race. So, but season nine fan boost was discontinued. I'm thinking they discontinued it because I'm thinking, it's just my perception. I'm thinking they discontinued it because it was like the same drivers getting fan boost. I think the more famous you are, the more popular you are the higher chances of getting fan boosted so the drivers were just entering the sport or had been in the sport and are not very like social media savvy or show up on social media a lot they didn't really get like fan boosted a lot so maybe it didn't make sense because it was always the same people taking it and you want to have as much unpredictability as you can in a race so maybe that's why it was removed i really don't know but this season we do not have fan boost so i really didn't even get why it was taken but yeah it was taken out <laughs> anyway moving on also in Formula E, we have what we call attack mode now attack mode was first introduced in the fifth season of racing so it has been here for a while now essentially what happens is that drivers receive an additional 35 kilowatts of power during a race that they activate by driving through a special area of the circuit and usually that area is off the racing line so it doesn't happen on the racing line so you'll probably find it at a hairpin like the outermost part of a hairpin the outermost corner of a hairpin is probably where a fan bust would be i mean sorry a tag mod would be and drivers had to go through it so and uh, how long attack mode would last it would sometimes be three minutes four minutes really four minutes is standard for different tracks but um, how often it would be taken by a driver that was decided entirely by the FIA before the race and they always decided it before the race not like days before the race but literally before the race in order for teams not to you know work out the best optimal strategy for them to use the attack mode So just I think it was meant to also increase the unpredictability of the races. So that's what used to happen. Now for Season 9, we have something new coming in. And it is called Attack Change. Now it's a new thing that Formula E is trying out at select races. And guess what? It just gives me F1 vibes. Like I love Formula 1 and I love Formula E. And sometimes I do see the similarities and I'm like... Wow. so essentially what will happen what will happen sorry is that at a select number of races it's not going to happen in every race there will be a time period during the race where teams must have a mandatory 30 second stop to recharge the car batteries and then when they do that stop so in my head i'm like it's a pit stop so when they do that stop it will unlock two enhanced attack mode boosts so we already talked about attack mode it gives you extra power so for season 9 they're trialing that out i'm thinking they want to bring that um pit stop effect that formula one has you know pit stops really can mess up a race they make it even more unpredictable and uh, i don't know whether it will work in formula e or won't work but i have a feeling it will work see the thing is formula e actually used to have a version of pit stops but it was just weird like because you know a driver would uh, move into the garage jump out of their car and jump into the next car because the batteries couldn't last that long and then drive out in another car for some reason i don't think a lot of people enjoyed that but now they're trying to bring in more they're trying to bring in something like a pit stop so that um you mess up it's not meant to mess up, but it's going to spice up strategies, you know. Like Formula One pitting, guys, pitting, pitting, pitting. Abu Dhabi 2021, Max pitted on fresher tires. He came out, it didn't look like he was going to win the title that year. But he was on fresher tires. And when the safety car packed in, Lewis was on all the tires. He had the advantage. And Lewis Hamilton, and boom, he got his first world title. So I'm thinking a pit stop they just want that kind of effect it's very entertaining you don't want to have a spot where everything seems predictable and it's just the same thing over and over again you want to keep spicing it up Um i also appreciate the the approach that they're taking it's sort of like what f1 did with the sprint races i believe in 2021 they first introduced i think three sprint races 2022 we had six so 2023 i don't know are they gonna make it 12 <laughs> i really don't know but that's how you you know you introduce new things that are dramatic, and I'm starting to feel like Formula E is you know at first it really worked hard to differentiate itself from F one and not be F one, and the difference is really there. These guys are fully focused on a net zero carbon emissions. It's a net zero carbon sport. The cars are very efficient zero carbon dioxide emissions the difference is there but they also do want it to be exactly the same with f1 in terms of you know racing strategy in terms of how everything works the race day formats the qualifying and everything so they keep changing changing things over and over and over again so i don't know when we'll get to the point where we just get used to the flow like you know how you used like f1 things happen on three days like that barely changes I don't know when we'll get to that point in Formula E where they'll stop and be like, okay, now let's really, really keep this as a format. Because a lot of things have changed this season. Even the timed races are out. We now have laps in races, which I'm not mad at. But I'm like, do we have to keep... do? Oh, okay, it makes sense. Okay, makes sense, you know, laps on a race. It's what we're used to seeing. But we had adjusted to watching timed races and it makes you wonder, is it going to keep changing to be like every other sport or will it remain distinct as at first we thought it would? Anyway. As I said earlier, this season we're having uh lapped. No, we're having laps in races instead of having timed races. I don't know if that makes sense. What I'm trying to say is that will have a set number of laps for each track, as opposed to having a timed race. So usually, even in the way I would do the post-race commentary on this podcast channel, I would count down the time, because that's how Formula E races worked. You'd have a clock starting at 45 minutes in a lap, and then the time would count down. But now, each track has a set number of laps attached to it. The good news, though, is that these laps are not many. At least for the Mexico E-Pre, that will... Uh, that you'll be able to um find out more from the next podcast episode after this one, we'll be doing 36 laps, so it won't be a long race, which at first I was pretty freaked out about, because when they were like, we'll have a set number of laps for each track, I was like, oh my god, they want to make it like a Monza F1 race, where you have 70 laps at Monza, like that's really long, that's really, really long, but the good news is that the laps are few and anyway, I also think they don't have the time to do that, because remember, you've had two practice sessions, you've had a qualifying session, and in between you have breaks for the driver, and then you have a race, honestly, that the level of exhaustion would be through the roof, not just for the drivers, but for the teams and everybody at the circuits and everywhere, so... That's what's going to happen. And then in case we have a safety car in a race, which we obviously will, or we have any other interruption in a race, there'll be additional laps added to cover for that. So that's pretty cool, I think. And lastly, this season, we'll have a minimum of two practice sessions throughout the season where rookie drivers who have no experience in Formula E will be given the opportunity to sit in a Formula E car and test it out. I think that's amazing now I know the odds of me ever racing in a Formula E car are zero and then beyond which is okay I don't want to be a race car driver but that's exciting for people who want to join the series because I know I'm pretty sure that people want to join the series and it's a good way to start your racing career and to also be a race car driver and to also finish your racing career so that is exciting especially for the rookie drivers Now, I know I said lastly, but I have to talk about this one. This year, we have Maserati MSG joining as a team. Now, this is the first time in more than 60 years that Maserati has joined a single-seater motorsports series. So, that's pretty exciting to see. It's just the prestige that comes with saying Maserati. I just said it wrong. (laughs) Maserati. So, it's just the prestige that comes with saying that and I'm pretty sure the drivers for that team are Really excited about that. Also, McLaren is joining has joined F E, so that's pretty exciting as well. It's like McLaren. Unfortunately, though, Mercedes Benz is out, which is sad. Like, it's just Mercedes Benz. It's Mercedes Benz. We wanted to see it. Um, but um it wasn't even called Mercedes Benz, Mercedes AMG Petronas. But um it's out which is sad but those things do happen anyway also we lost a driver in formula e they moved to formula one and he was the first formula e world champion you know i said his name at the start of the podcast that's none other than nick device so he has left the series and is moved into f1 with the alpha turi formula one team so good for him sad for us but good for him Anyway, here are the 11 teams that are going to be racing this season in Formula E and their drivers. So first up, we have ABT, Cupra. The drivers are Robin Freins and Nico Muller. We have Avalanche Andretti as a as a team, sorry. And the drivers are Jake Dennis and Andre Lotterer. We have DS Pensecki as a team. And the drivers are jean Eric Van and Stoffel Van Dorn, former Mercedes driver. Then we have Envision Racing as the fourth team. The drivers are Nick Cassidy and Sebastian Buemi. We have Jaguar TCS as a team. The drivers are Mitch Evans and Zambad. We have Mahindra Racing as a team. The drivers are Oliver Roland and Lucas Degrassi. We have Maserati MSG. The drivers are Eduardo Motara and Maximilian Ganta. We have Neom McLaren as a team. And the drivers are... Rookie driver, JQs and Rene Ross. Then we have Neo 333 as a team. And the drivers are Dan Tigtum and Sergio Sete Then we have Nissan as a team. And the drivers are Sacha Fenestras and Norman Nato. And lastly, we have Tag Hoya Porsche. And the drivers are Pascal Verlein and Antonio Felix de Costa. When it comes to the Formula E calendar this is what it looks like so we had our pre-season testing in valencia that was spain and that was done from the 13th to the 16th of december 2022 the first round of racing is happening in mexico city mexico on the 14th of january thereafter we'll go to diria saudi arabia for a double header from the 27th of january to the 28th of january That's a night race. There's a night races, in case you didn't know. And night races are always epic. Then the fourth round of racing, for the very first time, at least since I started watching FE, will be in Hyderabad, India. That is on the 11th of February. Then for the fifth round of racing, will be in Africa, South Africa specifically, in Cape Town. That will be on the 25th of February. Then for the sixth round of racing, will be in Sao Paulo, Brazil. That will be on the 25th of March. For the 7th round of racing, we'll be in Berlin, Germany. That will be on the 22nd of April. And we'll also race there the next day on the 23rd of April. For the ninth round of racing, we'll be on the streets of Monaco on the 6th, 6th of May. sorry, And thereafter, we'll head to Indonesia for a header for the 10th and 11th races of the season. So those will happen on the 3rd and the 4th of June, respectfully. Then we'll have... Sorry, it was respectful. Yeah, I think I said it right. Then we'll have the 12th round of racing that will happen in the United States of America, specifically in Portland. That will be on the 24th of June. Then the 13th and 14th round of racing will happen in Rome, Italy. So those races will happen on the 15th and the 16th of July. Then the last two races of the season will happen in London, United Kingdom. That will be on the 29th of July and on the 30th of July. So that will be the finale. Now... I noticed from this calendar, one place, two, I'm going to miss two places. That is Morocco and I'm also going to miss New York City. For some reason, they're not on the calendar, but all is well, all is well. But the Morocco Epre, nothing beats racing in the desert. It was beautiful under the lights. It was beautiful. Morocco, I don't know why Morocco is not on the calendar, but it's all right. And Berlin is still on the calendar, that's okay. It's actually the only city to host in, that has hosted an EPRI in every formula e-season. So from season one, they have been hosting an EPRI. And I think that's that's the first place I watched an E from. So for me, Berlin is always like acceptable on that list hi yes thank you so much for listening in i hope you enjoyed it and uh, stay tuned to this podcast subscribe to the podcast share with a friend because all formula e races will be um shared on this podcast channel from my perspective just like i've been doing for the past two years this is the third year <laughs> this is the third year so um, it will all be on the podcast channel. Don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend. You can connect with me online. My Instagram handle is at humura underscore Ruth. The spelling is H-U-M-U-R-A underscore Ruth. And on Twitter, my handle is at f one And uh, my personal email address, if you'd love to reach out, I do not have any issue with that, ruth mbabaziruth77 at gmail.com. That is spelled as M-B-A-B-A-Z-I-R-U-T-E-N ruth77 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening in. I will see you next time when we go racing in Mexico.